Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is put an end to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Another edition of Six Pack Factor Fiction. I'm your host for this evening, Unpro, uh, kind of uncharacteristically here for me, usually the co-host, but I am Zach Parnes alongside my co-host, Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, you have bronchitis and a fever. What in the hell are you doing on air? Well, you know what? I must have bungle fever after that game. Uh, something has happened. <laughs> I feel like I am on the upswing but uh, this has been since uh, last week and just haven't gotten any better. They say it's going around, but maybe I just have playoff fever. Maybe I'm just excited for what is happening to our Pittsburgh Steelers and Steeler Nation and the unprecedented Christmas Day game. Will it be seasons beatings for the Baltimore Ravens? I sure hope so, my friends. Well, let me tell you this, Brian. If you have postseason fever – I want to catch that, but I definitely don't want to catch the bronchitis and the regular feet on top of that. And, and oh, my goodness, listen, listen to this live on the air, folks. We have a little bit of display of the illness. Uh, this, this may prompt me the next time uh, we meet for that Primani sandwich uh, for me to wear one of those masks uh, that they wore during the avian flu for, like, a long time. I think I'll just cover my mouth, you know, in every public place I am. Well, uh, you know what? I uh, I finally found my mute button, so I, I do apologize for that. Um, yeah, you know what? I I really think I'm on the upswing. I think this is just the uh, the remainder, uh, just the uh, last gasp of the coughing. But uh, you know, just like Michael Jordan in 1997, playing with the flu in Game Five and just burying the Utah Jazz, I will soldier on, my friend, for you for Jeff Hartman, for Steeler Nation. Well, you know, it's funny that you, and, and I know we are uh, obviously the, the six-pack factor fiction here for the Steelers, but uh, little known fact for all of our viewers, there's a large consensus of people who think that Michael Jordan was actually hung over in that game, and that he didn't have the flu at all. Uh, so just a little bit of an interesting tidbit here as we find ourselves in the middle of the NBA season as well. 
But, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are joining us for the first time, we figure we break it down for you here. This is, of course, the Steelers six-pack of Factor Fiction. We are brought to you by our lovely sponsor, none other than that of Frank Walker Law. We'll be talking about Frank Walker in a second, but just to give you a quick idea about what the show's all about, we have six bold statements that are going to come out here, uh, better known as our six-pack, and we will respond with a fact or fiction to those statements. Uh, Brian and I may have some deferring views, and we often do get into it here on the show a lot, whether it be about the talents on the field or maybe the talents on the mic, including that of Donna Summer, uh, Christina Aguilera, among others. But we've got so a we lot of great stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about, including our bonus question for the night. But, Brian, I, I think we got to get into it right away with none other than a word from our little buddy Frank Walker Law. And that, of course, goes a little bit something like this. Frank Walker Law, a top 100-ranked trial attorney in Frank Walker for his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website at frankwalkerlaw.com to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Brian. You ready to crank open that six-pack? Maybe, uh, maybe a little drinking will help cure the, uh, the holiday blues you got going on right now. To quote the great Chris Jericho from WWE fame, drink it in, man. <laughs> Chris Jericho, a hell of a reference. I, I, I don't want to get morbid here, Brian, but didn't, didn't he kill himself? Was that Chris Jericho? You're, you're using a man who committed suicide, a quote from him? No, he is one of the hottest acts again as we speak. He is the really on Monday Night Raw. He is he is one of the preeminent wrestlers right now, and actually the most entertaining um, at forty five years of age. And he just keeps on going. No, he is alive and well. The lead singer oh, well, of the that, band that Bobby be, uh, also Chris- to go on tour. Yeah, then I think, I believe I was thinking of Chris Benoit. Uh, that was a tragic situation. Yeah, that's, that's I don't, don't want to get more of it here. Let's... Yeah, there's going to be a biopic coming out next year on that. Just wait to see it in the theater near you. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But let's, let's dive into it, number one. Let's stick to our Steelers here. Number one, Brian, the Steelers didn't beat the Bengals. The Bengals beat the Bengals on Sunday. Fact or fiction? You know, that's a little tough for me. Uh, the reason being, I, I've been back and forth on this one. Um, ultimately, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals. However, they got an assist from the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, pure and simple. Once again, that team imploded. That team imploded because they are dirty players. So getting back to the fact, you know, I'm going to have to say that Fiction, because, you know, the Steelers ultimately, they won the game. But the Bengals, man, they have no discipline whatsoever. We've talked about this with the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially during the losing streak. We talked a lot about discipline, but it goes way beyond that of discipline. It goes beyond, you know, just class, integrity. This just is a team that, you know, I, I felt the world of Marvin Lewis when he was in Pittsburgh. He actually 
was a very classy individual in in Baltimore when they won the title there when he was an assistant coach there. But something happened when he got to Cincinnati and became the head man, and he has just no control. And it's ultimately going to cost him his job. But when you look at that game, you look at Drake Kirkpatrick, what, three or four penalties in a row? I mean, it, just, it was just absolutely ridiculous. And those refs were not calling penalties early on in that game. They let the Bengals get away with a lot of crap in that, in that actual game back. It was just incredible to see how they just, you know, they get up and they implode. They just, they just can't handle success. They just can't handle being up. They just have to revert back to what they are at the core. And I hate to say this about a professional football player, but they're very thuggish. And, you know, I back that up. This is a team that their leader on the field is a guy I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Fontaine Burfick is one of the most amazing football players I have ever seen on defense. I think he, if he just used his football abilities, he would be amazing. And people would talk about him among the greats. That's how good he is. But he was drafted low or, if not drafted, undrafted. I mean, it, it was that bad. Um, I can't exactly remember, but out of Arizona State. And it, it was just, just a situation that this guy cannot control himself, and he has to go dirty. And there was a number of situations in that game where it was dirty for just for the sake of being dirty, they imploded in that game. And that gave an assist to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh kept clawing. So ultimately, they were the reason that they won that game. But, you know, when a, when a team like that gives you opportunities to stay in the game, you take them, and it doesn't matter. It's scoreboard. Steelers win. So, once again, fiction, but great assist. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Eight Bengals penalties for a total of 86 yards. Brian, what if I told you, and, and this is what I'm, why I'm going to say fiction as well, uh, because I believe 
that this was not a game decided by the yellow flags that were thrown on the field. The Steelers had seven penalties for 104 yards, including an extremely costly uh, pass interference call uh, right after both teams kick a field goal that leads to the Bengals' first score of the game. So, in my opinion, I think the Steelers earn this comeback victory. Granted, it's the Bengals. They're undisciplined. Now, I think if we're talking in terms of the team beating themselves, we've already seen that last year. Obviously, this Steeler team taking on the Bengals pretty much wins on yellow flags thrown on the field. That was not the case this week. The Steelers went out there, and Ben Roethlisberger did what he does best, which is being clutch in the fourth fourth quarter. And he did it so well. He only had one touchdown pass, but that's all he needed. All he needed to find was Eli Rogers once, who, by the way, was the leading receiver in the game. We've been saying all year about how, like, we expect more out of Eli Rogers. And I will tell you this. The guy stepped up when he needed to with the help of Roethlisberger. End of story. Steelers win this game. Listen, you're talking about at one point you're down two scores um, and you let up a huge return in the start of the second quarter where Chris Boswell has to get there and make a shoestring tackle where if he doesn't, most likely it's a three-score game at that point. And to turn it around and put that win up there in a must-win situation, that's what you need. By the way, I want to talk about that Boswell thing because I'm actually watching the replay right in front of me right now. How impressive is that? I mean, this guy has been stepping up left and right, um, and he had himself a game. So if I have to say anyone, I would say Chris Boswell won the game for these Pittsburgh Steelers. He was nerves of steel, Zach. He really was. Um, You know, you just – after the first – two field goals, you know, it, the, the next four, you know, it's not a doubt. You know, like, I was thinking at one point, you know, come on, guys, you've got to put a touchdown on the board. But the bottom line to the whole thing was the fact that he kept on chipping away. And there was never a part of those, of those uh, field goal kicks where you were, like, worried about it. After the first two, you didn't care about me. You didn't care about rain. You didn't care about anything. You just felt like he was going to come through. And this guy, he, he lays it out for his team. And when he did that and went for the tackle, that means that this guy is a team player and he's more than just a guy that just comes in and kicks for you. And I know we had this discussion where you said kickers don't deserve game balls. I think you're going to retract that this week because Mike Tomlin does not give yeah. a lot of game balls. And he gave a game yeah. ball out to Chris Boswell. And so, yeah, uh, I, I, and you know, it's, 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 I completely agree with that. I was, you know, completely ahead of myself. Had I known this was going to happen, Chris Boswell, a hundred percent deserves a game ball, not only for his field goals, but for that tackle. By the way, I, I want any of our listeners to tell me this because I'm not familiar with it. Um, and Brian, I don't know if you'll be familiar with it either, but who was the Cincinnati Bengals kicker? Randy Bullock. Where was he kicking last week? Pittsburgh. But what? How does a guy go from one team to playing against that team the next week? Has that ever happened? I want to know. Uh, tweet us. Um, you know, leave a comment on the oh, article. Yeah. Anything. I want to know if that has ever happened before. Uh, because I can't recall one instance of where it has happened. But um, well, you know, actually, we spent a lot of happened. time there on. 
It's happened twice. No, Brian, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know. No. Well, here's the thing. Um, This season, Randy Bullock started the season as a New York Giant, made his debut with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the New York Giants, made his debut with the Cincinnati Bengals against his former team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's kicked against former teams twice this year, and not just division rivals, but two separate teams. It's just amazing. I, that's unprecedented to me. Just, I mean, Brian, I don't, know why that's not a t- I don't know why that's not a top story on this article, because that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's the, the life of a kicker. You know, I mean, even the great kickers. I mean, Morton Anderson was on a number of teams. Um, you know, the young Stenerudes, the uh, George Blandas from way back, you know, playing for the Oilers, playing for the Raiders, playing for a few teams. I mean, kickers bounce around. Matt Barr played for three or four teams a number of years. I mean, they, they stick around the league a lot. I mean, punters do the same thing. But um, kickers even more, because it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. I never thought I'd see Mike Nugent cut the way Cincinnati cut him. But the, they have, there was a guy out there that was playing well. He was hot and a chance to go ahead and uh, play against the team who happens to be a division rival the next week and grab him. That's probably another reason he was picked up. But the, guy's a, the guy has shown to be a, a good kicker. But the funny thing about it, you could be garbage in one place, like Sean Sweezum was, turn around, come in midseason, help save a team, and then have a career for another five, six, seven years until you get injured and have to retire. I mean, it's just it's, – it's venue, it's situation. I mean, kickers go from feast to famine just like that and back to feast. It's, it's incredible, the life of the kicker. I would love to have the life of the kicker. If, if I knew that I could play close to 20 years and not get my brains beat out, it would be amazing. If I, I mean, you have a lot of pressure, but I would take it. So I'll, I'll levy that, uh, and, and I know we're, we're still on number one here, and we're about 15 minutes into our show, so we're going to move on. But I'll end with this. Um, when I was at Syracuse last year, uh, punter Riley Dixon, uh, who is now punting for the Denver Broncos, uh, approached my best friend, and, and he and my best friend were in a class. And my best friend asked him, he goes, Riley, like, you think you're going to try, you know, to kick professionally? You think you're going to try that in the league? And he goes, let me tell you something, Luke. He goes, if I can kick a ball six times on Sunday to make a living, I will do that. And so Riley Dixon, punter for the Denver Broncos, not quite our Steeler punter, uh, but quite an interesting life those men have, uh, the punters and the kickers of each team. But without further ado, number two here, Brian, I, I think we're going to have a very quick resounding answer for this, or at least in my mind it is. Number two, Mike Mitchell is right. He is not a dirty player. Fact or fiction? You know what? I'm actually going to say fact. He's not a dirty player, and I think that's going to shock the heck out of you. Um, here's the deal with Mike Mitchell. He brought this up on the plane ride home. And I want everybody to realize this, that when there is a Steeler away game, recently in the last two weeks, Antonio Brown has gotten on Facebook Live and given us, uh, given us just an open look 
a candid look here, and it has been great. And Mike Mitchell grabbed the mic. This was after uh, the Cincinnati game, and he called out Marvin Lewis. And he actually yelled at Marvin Lewis. And he said, Marvin Lewis, I don't want you ever to mention me in the same breath as Avante's perfect again. Because I want you to look at the facts. I have never been fined. I have never been suspended for any of my actions on the field. And I was thinking about that because I'm the guy who's been calling Mike Mitchell possibly a dirty player. And I, I own it. I have said it. Now I am completely doing the 180 because I thought about it when he said that. And he had a lot of thought-provoking things that he said. Like, you know, he hasn't. Then what really made me change my mind on this, I compared him to the guy that he replaced in Ryan Clark. And I'm telling you, I think Mike, to reel it in a little bit, I think his discipline is on the edge. But I, I'm no longer going to view him as dirty because he's going for a knockout punch. That's what Ryan Clark did all those years. That's what a guy like Troy Polamalu did all those years, and we applauded them for it. This guy's trying to do the same thing. So, you know what? I'm going to give him credit because he has not. He's, he's making the same kind of hits that Clark made that we thought were just absolutely amazing. So, and I don't consider Ryan Clark a dirty player. The only people I know are Baltimore Ravens fans think Ryan Clark was a dirty player. They think everybody was a dirty player that wore the black and gold. Same with Cincinnati. But so I'm going to say, fact, he's right. He's not a dirty player. Brian, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I don't think he is either. And, and here is my backing. My, it's so funny because the words that you just said, you took the exact words out of my mouth, except mine are a little different. The guy he replaced was a dirty player. I think Ryan Clark, when we look back at it, took some shots that were extremely questionable. Um, and in today's NFL, if Ryan Clark was still playing and made those hits like the one he put on Willis McGahey uh, in the AFC playoffs not very long ago, um, you know, and some of the other ones, including that of, um, oh, my God, now I'm dropping and, uh, Julian Edelman across the field, there have been some vicious hits that Ryan Clark has divvied out over the years that could label him a dirty player. The way that Mike Mitchell has come in, and I think one of the ways that it gets personified um, is through the analyst. And, and I think take a look at his tackling form. Every analyst pretty much says the same thing about Mike Mitchell. He likes to hit really, really hard. But I dare you to go in there and find film clips of him not leading with the shoulder and keeping his head up, which are the correct ways for you to tackle when you are playing defense in the National Football League. So that, for me personally, gives me a resounding answer of fact on this one. Brian, I think we should end the conversation right there and move on to number three. Let's do it because, you know, bottom line is it's really changed my perception of him thinking about it, and I'm glad he brought that up. So, hey, fact, not a dirty player. Moving on. Also, I will, I will say very bold of him to challenge Marvin Lewis uh, as well. That statement could have got him fined more than any hit uh, in general. But number three, Brian, going for two against Cincy was a poor decision following the Eli Rogers touchdown. Fact or fiction? I'm going to make this quick. 
fact, that was a horrendous decision. Once again, to me, that is flexing the muscles, saying, hey, we're the two-point conversion team. We're going to prove we can do it. Was not necessary. Because here's the deal. If you just go for one on that and you end up getting a – then at that point, instead of being up by five, you're up by six. You get another field goal, you're up by nine, and you win the game. But now, at this point, you're playing – when you don't make it, they could possibly tie you, and you have to roll the dice in the overtime. And we found out from the Philadelphia Eagles just the same day that they did not want to roll the dice and go to overtime. They went for two in that situation because they thought their odds were best to win then. I thought that was a poor decision, too. You go for the tie, especially on the road. That's what, uh, what Philadelphia should have done. That's what Pittsburgh should have done. I'm not saying go for the tie because at that point, why go for the tie when you really – that's really not – that situation right there was not going to really change the game in any way. It was just an unnecessary try, and I thought it was a flexible muscle try, and I thought it was one of the, the decisions that's just like uh, – that just did not need to be made. And actually, a pretty decently coached game, that was, that was the worst call. So that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. That is fact. Don't do that. Brian, here comes quite arguably my most staunch opposition of you uh, in the last couple of weeks. I, I go with a resounding fiction here, and I'll tell you why. Two main factors. Number one, it didn't influence the game. Philly loses the game on that. That is the difference in that two-point conversion versus this one. Philly loses. It's over. They get another tally in the L column, which honestly means nothing for the Eagles that are not headed to the playoffs because somehow the Redskins are still in playoff consideration. Uh, The Giants look like they're going to make it, and the Cowboys have clinched. So at at this point, the Eagles have nothing to lose by going for that two-point conversion. But I'll tell you this. It doesn't influence the game. And also, that two points, that doesn't mean anything. Because if they score that touchdown, they are what? Because if Cincy marches down the field and scores, they are one Randy Bullock extra point away from putting another dash in their win column and knocking Pittsburgh out of that division spot. That's why I respect the call, because I think when you march down the field and if they were to score, you were at least chancing the Randy Bullock extra point in that situation. And I will say, that them going for two, not a bad decision because guess what? It still worked. The game was still won. And at that point, it's still a four-point game, which is good for two reasons, Brian. One is the most important. One is that it doesn't allow them to kick a field goal to tie this game and send it to overtime. That possibility is out. Number two It's also a great reason because it helped them cover the spread. And because of that, I won $50 on the game. And that was awesome. I was so hyped when I saw they were going for two. I was like, yeah, we need to cover that. Let's go. So those are the two most important reasons why this happened. But I, I will say this, Brian. I understand your rationale for it. But know that the Philly situation and this situation, very different. Zachary Arthur Parnes. I don't know your middle name, so it's going to be Arthur. Zachary Arthur Parnes. That is despicable. You cannot cheer because you bet on the game 
for them to miss something. That no, no. You know what? Here's the deal. I actually, I actually benched Roethlisberger in the game, and that's one of the reasons I'm in the finals. Um, just because I knew it was a good decision. But here's the thing: I will not. I did not bench Jeremy Hill in that game, and I knew Jeremy Hill would have a half decent game. But I refused to cheer for Jeremy Hill. Okay. I was prepared to take a zero on Jeremy Hill, and I was rooting for him to get negative points for me and let my other guys pick up the slack because that's how I play fantasy football. It's Pittsburgh Steelers fanhood first. I'm going to make that 50 bucks somewhere else, Zach. I'm going to find a way to do it. You know I love you. Brian. But I'm disappointed. Brian, you're misunderstanding me. I took the Steelers. I didn't take the Nope, 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 nope. You know what? I took the Steelers. They were three-point favorites. I didn't care. It didn't matter at that point. I, I'm, I'm saying for the, for the greater sense of it, what, what I'm trying to say is that they end you up celebrated, this situation. My friend, no, no, no. My friend, you celebrated misfortune. And it was a bad I never, coaching no, move. No, no, no. That is not true. I celebrated Cincinnati's misfortune. I was applauding the effort to go for two because I was like, hey, make that deficit even greater so they can't cover it. I was with it. Zach? You know what? I'm, I'm just going to say here. Zach, you've done something stupid, so we're going to an ad. Smart or stupid? <laughs> Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. That is Frank Walker Law, a top 100-ranked trial attorney in Frank Walker. Visit his website, www.FrankWalker.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk. Real experience, real results. Fantastic throw to that, by the way, Brian. That was really great. That was, that was really great. Really fantastic. I might have been hard and on you, know, you, but it was for the show. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because usually in the world of sports journalism, you're not supposed to acknowledge the ad that's there. But I don't understand why that is. It's so much more fun when you acknowledge it, plus it just helps them out, like, like, honestly, you're killing two birds if you're making exciting radio and also helping the sponsors. So everybody go check out Frank Walker for sure. Uh, but we're ready for that second half of the six-pack here. Brian, let's get us rolling. Are you ready? Yes, my friend, I am. Perfect. Let's get it. Number four, the Steelers cannot beat the Ravens without Ladarius Green. Fact or fiction? You know what? People are going to be mad at me for saying this. I'm going to say fact. I think they need Ladarius oh. in this game. No, Brian, think, come on. You, we were doing so well before number three. You know what? I, look, here's the thing. Ladarius Green. No, okay, wait. I'll go ahead. It's going to be very hard to beat the Ravens without Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green is going to give them that extra that extra weapon that they did not have before. Now, granted, you're going to have a better Ben Roethlisberger because, you know, Ben does not play well coming off an injury. We know the stats on that. 
So that's not the case this time against the Baltimore Ravens. It is, is at home. We've had bad Ben, we've, and we've had road Ben, which is bad Ben, and we have home Ben, which is fantastic Ben. So, you know, we're getting, we're getting home Ben. And so that's what I love. But this gives you more of an opportunity to just double and triple up on Antonio Brown again. We don't know if he's – we don't know how this concussion protocol is going to go. You know, they have no control over it. What scares me about Ladarius Green is just the fact that we had the mystery over the possibility that he had lingering headaches and lingering concussions that, that kept him out of the lineup all those, all those weeks, week after week after week, through training camp, through everything. And he was just coming into his own. And he, it was a dirty hit by a dirty player that put him in that situation. And I just think that it is very dangerous to go – against a great defensive team. I will call them a great defensive team because I really think they are in the Baltimore Ravens. No, they are. Without that weapon. They can beat them, yes. It's going to be very hard to. So I'm going to say, let me, let me switch it, and I'll, I'll give it a very loose fiction because I'm scared of that uh-huh. omission in the lineup. Even All more right, than so I'm afraid will, of the omission of Stephon to it. I will say this. I think that Ladarius Green helps a lot. Listen, there's no doubt that the guy is a better possession receiver than Xavier Grimble and Jesse James. I I won't debate that whatsoever. But you have to take into consideration the longevity of this. And I know a lot of people are going to – before I say what I'm going to say, I I know a lot of people are going to hop on me and say – well, you have to be Baltimore to go to the postseason, but you cannot put this guy out there if he is still shaky and and doesn't have the and hasn't clear concussion protocol or, or or you know is barely passing it. You can't put him out there. You just can't do it. Listen, he is a he is one man in a squad of twenty two that goes out on that field. Okay, and honestly, he can have someone else take his place. It's not like it's going to be 10 on 11 without him. There can be other people in that position. They just don't catch the ball as well as he does. But I think Ladarius Green being there will help, but I don't want to see him be risked, especially if this Steeler team is talking postseason, especially if that first opening game you know, happens to be against one of the AFC's best and potentially the Oakland Raiders. Um, you have to be ready to play against them, and you have to have all of your weapons there. I don't think he is needed for this game. I really don't think he is. I think the Steelers have shown that every single week they can find a new receiver. And, and you know, it's funny because back in my, um, my deliberate days of playing fantasy football, now I am a very fair-weathered player, it was always a, a running gag in my league that, that Peyton Manning, when he played for the Colts, found a new target every single year to throw the ball to. Some new wide receiver would appear that Peyton Manning would throw to. One year, it's, it's Dante Moncrief, and, and the next year, you know, it, it, it's somebody else. It's T.Y. Hilton, and, you know, all these guys making this emergence. Ben Roethlisberger is doing exactly that. He's sharing the wealth amongst his receiving core. Eli Rogers, as I said earlier, was the top receiver last week, a guy who we even talked about at the beginning of the season, uh, maybe not even making the team, and there he is leading the team in receptions and also in yards. Um, So I think if he needs to, 
will make it available. Listen, Green had a monster game last week, fantastic game, especially some big grabs over the middle. But we have to remember, there's still Sammy Coates, there's still Hamilton, there's still Antonio Brown, Eli Rogers, and Jesse James doesn't have that bad of hands. Xavier Grimble is much more of a blocking tight end, but I honestly am perfectly fine seeing James out there. It's a big fiction for me, big fiction. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So without further ado, let's keep going here. We will move on to the next number in our six-pack. This one's number five here, Brian. The Steelers will still make the playoffs even with a loss. Oh, wait. Looks like we, we lost Brian there for a second, but I got him back now. Brian, you there, yeah? Yes. Perfect. There we go. All right. My apologies there. It seemed like we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Number five, jumping right back into it. The Steelers still make the playoffs even with a loss to the Ratbirds. You know what, Zach? Um, no, fiction. And I'm not going to back away from this. Here's the deal. It's going to be way too hard um, just for the fact that that loss to the Miami Dolphins is going to kill them. I don't see the Dolphins really losing again. They're, they they play Buffalo this week, um, and then they're going to play New England, where New England is not going to have anything to play for whatsoever probably at that point. Um, so if they lose, they're not going to get that wild card position unless they get the miracle that they got last year with the New York Jets losing to Buffalo. But I just don't – I'm watching Miami play, and it seems like they just have something on their side. Um, but you know what? At this point, you want them to beat Baltimore. I, I put this in one of my articles the other day. Look, I want them to make the playoffs, but it's a little bit tainted if they go in as a wild card at this point. Just for the fact that if you can't beat Baltimore – in this situation, which this is a situation that they are set up for, good teams win these games and win this game on Sunday. If they're who we say they are, they should win this game. So you have to look at it as all or nothing. And I think the Steelers are looking at it as all or nothing because then they need help and they're in that same position. And you just don't want that. Um, I think it bodes well for a team to keep on going and be a hot team going into the playoffs instead of having to get help in that situation. And if you lose in week 16 and getting help, you're not a hot team going in. I know we could argue this like crazy, 
it's a possibility, but it gets so much slimmer if you don't beat Baltimore. So they have to win to get in. Now, on Baltimore's side of the table, if Baltimore loses this game, they are not out because they had the luxury of beating Miami head-to-head. So they're not in as bad a shape in this situation as as the Pittsburgh Steelers would be. So this is actually a more must-win for the Pittsburgh Steelers than it is for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Brian, and, and for that reason, I agree with you completely. Steelers have to win this one, bottom line. The, the Steelers, you know, have had this, you know, kind of tendency of going one and one with the Ravens in the regular season throughout most of the year, and they need to make sure that happens this time around. You need to watch the ex-Steeler in Mike Wallace in this game. He is the one guy who I think can really hurt this defense uh, just because of his speed, his breakout ability, and, and the same goes for Steve Smith as well. I still believe the Steelers need to win this game. Bottom line, you need to. You need to put Baltimore away because when you put Baltimore at that 8-7 and seven perspective, yes, they are not out. Boy, does it make it a lot harder for them to win, a lot harder for them to jump into these uh, that next week and try to earn themselves a playoff berth. It, it just may not happen. Um, and with two games left in the season, these are big victories. The Steelers can win this division with a win. They need to do it so that they get in and are not fighting for that wild card spot. I agree with you completely, and Zach, Brian. Zach, if I could. If I can add in, you know, the goal is sure. for January 1st against the Cleveland Browns to be seeing a whole lot of threes. And when I say threes, I'm saying Landry Jones, Fitzgerald Toussaint, uh, a man named Kobe Hamilton. All those threes I want to see running around on the field. And uh, they all have threes in their jerseys. So that's what you want to see on January 1st. I want to see Ben in a hoodie. I want to see uh, – Loving on Bell, joking around with Antonio Brown, you know, you know, practicing rap lyrics and dancing around, um, just having a good old New Year. That's what I want. I want them to go in healthy. This is an opportunity to get a bye week for the playoffs, and that's that's exactly what it will be. If they go ahead and clinch, they get a bye week essentially with their big stars. Go ahead and grab that bye week here. Take it. Win. Win go in. They want to go in with pride. They want to win this game. They're not looking at scenarios where they could back in. That's not even an option on the table in Mike Tomlin's world. So they're not even thinking about it. And they are. And the fact that this is the Baltimore Ravens, that's the bottom line. This is a must win for them in their minds, too. They don't even just need it. They want it, and they want it bad. Game will be in Heinz Field, and it's sure to be a good one, which leads us to our final factor fiction of the night, the last of the six-pack here. Baltimore will suffer season's beatings on Christmas Day. Brian, factor fiction. You know what? I want to take back what I said earlier about not having Ladarius Green, because I actually don't think they're going to have Ladarius Green in this game, but I still think they're going to win this game. Here's the reason why. The color rush uniforms, Christmas Day, the fact that you're going to be playing in front of a sold-out crowd. Yes, a sold-out crowd on Christmas Day. 
They're there to support you. You will be able to wake up Sunday morning with your family, one of the most precious holidays, especially if you're a father. You'll be able to wake up with your family. The Baltimore Ravens, I actually feel bad for them in this sense because they cannot spend Saturday night, Christmas Eve, at home with their families and wake up in the morning with their kids. They might be able to wake up with them on the road. That's a possibility. But in this case, that's a little bit of an advantage. I think that goes a long way for guys like James Harrison, for guys like Ben Roethlisberger that are fathers, that are going to be with their kids on that morning. Then say, kids, daddy's going to work. I'll see you in the stands. See you after the game. And you go there. And I know that sounds completely crazy, Zach, but that would really mean something to me if I'm playing. And you see very good father figures on that team now. We've seen James Harrison as a father. We've seen a lot of these other guys, Antonio Brown as a father. You've seen the the fact that they have this luxury to be with them. They're going to get some inspiration from that. Also, when you're wearing all black for the first time, coming out of that tunnel, black from head to toe, looking like a sleek missile, looking like a machine coming out, and seeing all those towels waving, that's going to be an amazing rush. I cannot wait just just for the imagery, just to see them visually come out in all black for the first time ever. I think it's going to look absolutely amazing. And when you're dressed well, that, you know, if you have a night out on the town and you're dressed to the nines, I don't even know if they use that phrase anymore that shows my age, but if you're dressed impeccably, you feel something different. You feel better. You feel like you... You've earned that situation. You've like a million bucks. You're ready to take on the world then, too. So I think something as crazy as a uniform can actually help. But, you know, those are superficial things. That's other things. The main thing is the fact this is their division rival that beat them, that has beaten them four times in a row, that has embarrassed them. The fan base is laughing at them, not their fan base but the Baltimore fan base. You and I are in Maryland as we speak talking. You know what it's like to have that fan base mock you. They know what it's like, too. They want to beat that team desperately. You know, former teammates, Mike Mitchell, Steve Smith, hate each other with a passion. They can't wait to go at it on the field. This is pride for these players. They want to win this game. And the reason the Steelers want to win this game more than anything is because the game they lost in that losing streak that hurts even more than the Dallas loss was the Baltimore loss because they weren't favorites going in and they were embarrassed again to that division foe that they just have had trouble beating four games in a row They are ready to prove who they were in the preseason, who we thought they were, who they are going to be. They think that they are in their hearts, in their souls, in their bodies, in their minds, Super Bowl 51 champions. That team thinks it. That team knows it. And they want to prove it and defiantly, definitively say, we are going to the playoffs and we are going because we're saying we're going, and we're controlling our own destiny, 
It's our destiny to control, and no one else is going to do it for us. They are going to win that game, Zach. I feel confident on it, and I take back what I said about Ladarius Green earlier just for the fact they can win without him. This team has been finding ways to win. This is a new common second-half football team, and they are going to be victorious, and they are going to be in hoodies on January 1st, my friend. You book it. I'll give you – you did your best Dennis Green with the they are who we thought they were. <laughs> but I will, I will give you peace. my best – yes, rest in peace. I will give you my best Jim Mora, not rest in peace. Jim Mora still alive. My best Jim Mora for why the Steelers are going to win this game. Playoffs. Playoffs. It is one word. That's it. You win this game, you're in. You win and you're in. Like, automatically, it happens just like that. Literally the craziest thing you could ever think of in your whole life. You play really hard one week, and then the next week, you could go out and get blown out 52 to nothing, and nobody cares. Nobody, because you've made it, you've done it, and that's why they're going to win this game. They're going to go out there so that they can earn that week of rest. And, you know, it brings me back to something that James Ferrier said a long time ago when talking about the bye week. Um, and, and Ferrier had mentioned this when brought up to him when they had a late bye week, how he felt about that. And he said, you know, we're disappointed because every single time we get that schedule, every time a player gets that schedule, they're opening it up and they're looking for that bye week. They want the off time. And you know what? They get the off time the next week. You go lighter in practice, you go lighter in the game, and you start prepping for Oakland, New England, whoever it be. Well, New England's probably going to grab the bye here. So Oakland, um, you know, whoever ends up winning the South, anything in that is important for them. And that's why they're going to go out there, and they are going to deliver season's beatings, and they're going to have a great, great present waiting for them afterwards, hand-delivered, by the big man himself, Santa Claus, who will walk up and say, congratulations, ho, 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 you're going to play for a few more weeks. And that is what's <laughs> going to happen. That was my best, that was, that was Jewish kid does his best Santa Claus. How was it? Yeah, I, I love it. But uh, don't, don't you celebrate them both? I do. Wow, you're right. I didn't know you knew that. Oh, perhaps I, mean, I dropped yeah, I mean, it in, in so... passing before. Yes, my for for those who don't know, my my dad is uh, Jewish and my mom is uh, Catholic, so I celebrate uh, both of the holidays, which was great when I was younger because it meant like double presents. You know, everyone gets excited about that. You're uh, you're Jew Catholic. Yeah, what one could say, or you know, I'm cap I'm Catholic. You know, Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like the fish too much, which, by the way, is not kosher uh, for those of you playing along at home. No, you cannot have catfish if you are a practicing Jew. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event. 
even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Um, Ryan, <laughs> before we move on to our, uh, our thoughts on next week's game, uh, we got to talk about the longest categorized question in sports media, which is the fact that is not about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's still fun to talk about. Say that five times fast. Well, folks, we got a little debate here, and it's all about scenery this week. We've been talking food, stardom, um, movies in the past, everything. This week, we got something a little bit different, and that is the view at the Inner Harbor is prettier than that of the intersections of the three rivers in Pittsburgh. Brian, fact or fiction? Zach, I'm going to cough out here and say push. And the reason I'm going to say push is, you know what, I love them both. I love them both for different things. I can spend time at Station Square, at the Point State Park. I love Mount Washington. I love looking at that. I think it is absolutely beautiful. But then I have become a Marylander also, and I'm proud to be a Steeler fan. I'm always going to be a Western Pennsylvania. I'm from Johnstown, PA. I'm always going to be – be from Pennsylvania, but I am becoming a Marylander, and I love the state of Maryland. And when I go down, the only thing that ruins, <coughs> excuse me, ruins the uh, Inner Harbor for me is the fact that I see some black and purple walking around. But I love, I mean, there's nothing like summertime. Inner Harbor is absolutely beautiful. You just sit and look out at the harbor, look at you know, the Chesapeake Bay, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you go ahead and eat at the Inner Harbor outside and uh, just look around. They're two beautiful states. And I know a lot of people do not equate Pittsburgh with beauty, but to me it is absolute beauty. But I would be remiss to say that Baltimore and Maryland is not a beautiful state too. So, I have my heart in both places at this time, and I have never in the history of the show, which has been the entire season, I have never given you the top out of a push, but I'm going to today, and I really can't I, I really can't do that to myself. I really can't say one's better than the other because they are both well, Brian, awesome to me. Brian, I'll say this. I respect that in 16-plus weeks here, this is your first push. But I'm going to one-up you and not give a push. I will say a very loose fact. Um, and I'll say it because I also have had the same sort of experience as you, though I'd be much younger. Um, I wouldn't say much younger, you know, just a few years. But I spent time uh, where I grew up in Shady Side in the beautiful city of Pittsburgh. Um, very, you know, amazing place and gorgeous place to walk around, especially the Strip area. Um, but the Inner Harbor, and I, I live about 30 minutes from it now in Maryland. Uh, I am also a Marylander myself, 
and, and I will say the Inner Harbor, just as you described it, Brian, in the summer is one of the most tranquil things you can look at. There's nothing like sitting out at a restaurant, picking crabs, and looking out on the Chesapeake Bay. By the way, if you Steeler fans don't know how to pick crabs, you've got to learn how to do that in case you ever journey to M&T Bank or, and walk into the gauntlet that is there for a Steeler-Raven game. I have to say, though, the harbor is pretty much prettier than a lot of points in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, do, do not get me wrong. The city of Pittsburgh is gorgeous, but there is one place in my mind, one place in my mind that sticks out as so much more beautiful than the Inner Harbor in Pittsburgh, and that is me seating, sitting with friends, family, or even just by myself on the third baseline of PNC Park. And looking out, you have the bridge in the background, the Allegheny underneath. It is absolute bliss there. That is one of the most peaceful spots in America. Um, And I can tell you that wholeheartedly. I've I've had the chance to to travel this country quite a bit, and I will say sitting on that third base side and looking out is the only reason when I go to Pirates games with my friends, I always request this at third base side because it just makes me more calm. It is much nicer to enjoy. And honestly, it's kind of reminiscent to that same sort of Chesapeake Bay feel that you get down in the Inner Harbor. It's really something. So I suggest for all of you Pittsburghers who have never been down to the Inner Harbor of Baltimore, I, I promise you, once you get out of the Johns Hopkins area, you know, where all the, the violence is, the Inner Harbor, quite beautiful. But otherwise, give me that third base seat on PNC, and I'm good with it. You know what? It's, it's hard for me. That's why it's hard for me to actually choose one over the other. But like I said, my heart is definitely in both places now. They, you know, I say this every single time, and uh, Jeff Hartman and I have joked about, uh, you know, every time we drive past uh, M&T Stadium, how hard it is to not just stick up a middle finger at, that, at, at just a building. But it's just the fact that the Ravens are there. If the Ravens were not in Baltimore, it would be, it would be my second favorite place on the planet. In fact, it's still a great city. That's one thing I will say. I will, not, I will not see anything poorly about the city of Baltimore. I absolutely love the city of Baltimore. I think I was reading, working to put this question together, I put a lot of comparisons together on Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. The populations are very close together. The cities are actually very close together um, as far as very similar in a lot of, in a lot of ways. But here's the thing that makes the cities great to me. There are great people in Pennsylvania. There are great people in Maryland. And I just love both places, and I'm very proud of it. I'm going to say one, one more thing. It ain't Philadelphia. And it definitely ain't Cincinnati. <laughs> well, with that being said, not Philly. It's not Cincy. Baltimore, and Baltimore is coming to Pittsburgh. Brian, 30 seconds or less here. Give me your game prediction and why. Zach, 30 seconds or less. I'm just going to stay simple here. Stay the course, Pittsburgh. Don't do anything fancy. 
you know who you are. You know exactly what you can do. You know how to do it. Do not let Baltimore get you in a place where you try to get cute and you have to outthink yourself. You play your game, you will beat them. You go for the throat, you will beat them. You do not sit on leads, you will beat them. That's all you have to do. This is your game. This is your time. This is your opportunity. You saw it last year. What would have happened if you would have stayed healthy? I know if and buts or candy and nuts, blah, 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 blah. But here's the bottom line. You would have won the Super Bowl last year. You have the opportunity, even with teams ahead of you that are playing well, you have the opportunity to be the hot team going in, and this is all about you. You control your destiny. Make your statement and make it bold, my friends. Merry Christmas, Pittsburgh. I love you. Here is my prediction. It's a defensive shootout. The Steelers are tired. We, the fans, are happy Gilmore. And the Steelers are the golf ball. It is sitting right next to the hole. And we are whispering to them, that's your home. Go home. You want to go home. And the hole is the playoffs. The hole is the postseason. And the Steelers <laughs> are going to get it. It's going to be a defensive rumble. These games always are. I'm going very, very low scoring on this one. I posted an analysis that it will be 14 to 10, and I'm going to stick uh, 17 to 10, excuse me, with a Boswell field goal. I'm going to stick by that, and I'm really, really intrigued to see it happen. Before we jump off air really quick, we do have a caller here with us. We haven't taken one of those in a few weeks, Brian. We got the area code 347. How's it going? You're on six-pack. Back or fix? Guys, what's up? I'm, I'm so glad I caught you. This is Ken from Jersey. Hey, Ken. How are oh, Ken, how's it going? Uh, man, I'm great. I'm great, man. Yeah, it's just, just loving this. You know you know what's funny? I'm I'm looking for, you know, after the Steelers win, I'm like, great, what, what are all of the, you know, ESPN and and Fox Sports, Fox Sports 1, what are they going to say about the Steelers? No TV time. Nothing. Absolutely mm-hmm. yep. nothing. And you know what? It's yep. best for the team, so <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but it's all Cowboys, and uh, you know what? I think, that's how, I think that's how they like it, though. Yeah, well, you know, Ken, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because being back here on this uh, winter hiatus uh, from school, I've – had the opportunity to do a whole lot of lounging and TV watching today. And, of course, I naturally flipped through my sports channels. And I'll tell you, you hit the nail on the head. They're talking Ezekiel Elliott jumping in the Salvation Army jump. Uh, They're talking Cam Newton throwing the ball at uh, the Redskins player last night after he was hit in the head. They're talking about Odell Beckham and how he's complaining about Ezekiel Elliott. And, and more importantly, they're talking Gus Bradley, you know, for all you Jaguar fans out there, uh, his firing and departure. There has been no coverage of the Steelers. And I think I 100% agree with you. That is the best thing for the team. But let me put it to you this way. Is it just good for the team from the perspective of low media coverage equals low visibility? Or is it going to even mean more to them and they get to that postseason opportunity, and nobody's been talking Steelers all year. They want to talk Cowboys, Raiders, Patriots, 
And now here comes this little engine that could, at God willing, 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, huge knock on wood on that one. But them rolling into the gates of January and February, because that is what I'm excited for, to see this Steeler team come out with that vengeance. Brian, I don't know how you feel. Well, you know what? Mike Tomlin feels that same way. You know, that's why you will never see them volunteer, volunteer to be on hard knock. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want the publicity. He wants that team just to go about their business and not hear anything about themselves. But, you know, the deeper they go into the playoffs, they're going to hear more about themselves. But, hey, you know, you don't have to be seen. You just have to be heard. And if you can just come out and play the way you know how to play, it's all falling together right now. So, you know, Ken, I, I agree with you. It's Right now, I don't need to hear anything. I, I'll watch that Zeke Elliott thing all day long. Let Zeke have his time right now. Because I'm telling you right now, Zeke's not going to be there in, in February. That's my bold prediction right now. That that little uh, that little uh, genie lamp, that's just going to wear off. It's not, it's not going to happen the whole way through this year. But uh, Odo Beckham, let him do his talking. Let's just be silent, keep it going, and just focus on the Ravens. And that's all they're doing. And I think it's going to be great. But I do have a question for you. And I know I'm the only one talking about this. But how excited are you, Ken, to see the Steelers come out in all black? Just those colorless you know, uniforms, first oh, time ever. Man. I'm so excited about this. I want to. I I really want to see this. I, I I saw it once, and I, I purposely didn't look online again. I wanted to be surprised by it, and I I want to see this. I think it's going to totally just change the optics of what the Ravens and the fans are looking at. I think it's going to drive the fans crazy. Um, just just seeing that, and I think I think we're going to come out. We we might come out um on offense. Even I hope we come out on defense, but we we might choose to come out on offense and go down and score a touchdown. I just think this is going to be great. Um, anytime the Steelers do something new with the uniforms, you know, they usually play very well. The, the Bumblebees, they came out, they always had a, a great winning record, and they put on a good showing. Um, with the old uniforms, with the yellow helmet, um, they, they kicked the Ravens' butt on Monday Night Football. I, I think this is going to be big. And I'm glad that they picked this game to do it. I think they know that too innately that hey, they, when we we pull it out the uniforms, it's gonna be we're gonna be up for the division against the Ravens. So I'm excited about it. I I actually already have my color rush jersey. It's a Stefan to it. I am ready to roll on Sunday, and I cannot wait. I am I have always been a uniform guy, and I think it's just going to look absolutely fantastic. They have been talking about this for about 10 years. Um, Dan Rooney even teased it about 10 to 12 years ago, saying that one of these days we'll go ahead, come out, and, and uh, wear black pants. I don't know when, but uh, we'll eventually do it, because they were talking about it about 10, 15 years ago, and I just can't wait to see how sleek they are going to look. Um, with that being said, Zach, back to you. Hey, Kent, thanks so much for joining us yeah. here. As always, a pleasure to have callers um, join us on the air. And we invite you to call in on future shows, 347-850-8581. We'll be speaking to you, hopefully, 
in the near future, guys. Um, for all of us here at BTSC, this was the Steelers six-pack of Fact or Fiction. I was your host, Zach Parnes, alongside Brian Anthony Davis. And we hope you'll join us next week, and hopefully we're singing some praises, God willing. Once again, huge knock on wood. I got this giant desk in front of me uh, that I think I'd hit about 50 times throughout this show. But for everybody here, Zach Parnes once again, we're signing off. That's a fact, Jack. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat. From an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>